Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Ksuvos Tav Kuvavav and Kuvzayin Amiralaf. We'll be stopping about eight to ten lines before the end of the page. My apologies about last night. I uh, did a circumcision yesterday morning for a, for a non-Jewish family. And they called me at like 7.45 last night to tell me that the baby was bleeding a little bit. It wasn't an emergency, but it was worth it for me to go there. So while I was in the car, I called a bunch of Rabbanim Chashubim, including our very own Rabbi Robinson, to ask if I'm able to sneak away in this religious Christian home for a few minutes, can I give the Daf Yomi Shir from their home? So I spoke to Rabbi first. I called Rabbi Robinson, he didn't answer. Then I called Rabbi first. He, of course, Rabbi first always answers the phone. He's like, of course you can, no problem. <laughs> Rabbi Robinson added a little bit of nuance. He said, first of all, you have to make sure that there's no pestle in the room, that you're uh, no uh, Yashka statues. You know, you got to make sure you're not, uh, he was a Yid anyways, but the statue is a problem. Um, and then Rabbi Robinson added again, will they be in the room while you teach? It's, it's usher to teach Talmud Torah to a Goy. I said, but Rabbi Robinson, like they're, we don't understand what we're reading for sure. They don't understand what they're reading. There's no chance. So I, like last night's blot was all about shochad. And I'll, I'll use the word shochad more than bribery. Then he'll have no clue. That one chain will be enough. So he was matir. So that was where last night's share was recorded in Burr Ridge, Illinois. In the home of, it was very far. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's why I know I didn't want to like put that in the text message last night. Like I have to go to a religious, it's all recorded. But I got to give the context. Okay, Rabosai, let's jump in. We're 10 lines down or so on Kuf Vav Amad Aleph. Says the Gemara, Bishnei de Rav Yosef. In the years of Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef was a third century Amora. So figure around the year 375, somewhere around there, 350. Hava um, Rizcha. There was a Rizcha. There was an anger. And Rashi points out <laughs> that this was basically uh, a famine. And the Gemara says, Amrli Rabban the Rabbi Yosef, the rabbis at the time, the Talmidim said to Rabbi Yosef, please go daven for the tzibur. We need a little bit of help. This is uh, very hard times. Omar Lehu, and he says back a difficult response. Hashta, Uma Alisha, just like Alisha the Navi, when he would finish teaching, there were 12, there were Trey Alphen, Alphen is 2000 plus 200. There were 2,200 students, and they were all being fed by him. And be'idan rischa, even in times of famine, lo rachame. Elisha didn't uh, consider that moment to be a time to daven. Strange. Again, we have to figure out why. Look in the Rishonim. Ana yiboy rachame. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I am no Elisha. So, that, of course, I'm not going to daven. If he didn't daven, I'm not going to daven. Says the Gemara. That way we answered the first part of the question, but what's with the numbers? The 2200 says the Gemara. How do we know that there were 2200? The Pasuk says, the servant of Elisha said, I'm going to give out food to 100 people. And says the Gemara, What do you mean 100 people? If the total number of students that he had was 100, then when the Pasuk at the bottom of yesterday's blot gives the details of how much food there was, that food is Bishnei B'tzoras Tubah, but that's way too much food. And if you look at the Pasuk on the bottom of the previous page, it's on the first of the very long lines. It's Lechem Bikurim Esrim, there's 20 loaves of bread. Lechem Seorim, uh, sorry, uh, 
It was a lot of food, basically. So Rashi said, the Gemara says that it can't be that there were, there were a total of 100 students. That can't be Pshad in the Pasuk. Each of the units that are found in here, and there are 22 units, there's 20 pieces of bread, and there's one of the sea of the Lechem Seorim, and there's one Carmel Bitsiklona, that's 22 units. Each of those would feed 100 people. 22 times 100 people is 2,200. That's how many Tamidim he had. Says the Gemara, similar story. When the Talmudim would leave Rav's presence, Rav, the great Amor, the earliest of the Amorim, really he was in the Dor Hamavar, as we've spoken about many times. He straddled the two worlds of Tanoim and Amorim. How many Talmudim did he have? 1,200 students. That's big. That's big. And then in the times of Ravuna, Abu Faishe, Tamne, Mea Rabbanon. Tamne is 800. Tamne is eight, and Mea is 100. He had 800, uh, 800 students. Ravuna, how many students did he have? He had 800 students. And says the Gemara, he would use 13 voice boxes. He would have 13 Amorim speaking on his behalf in order to belt out. He, maybe he didn't have a large voice. Uh, I don't know. That's what the Gemara says. And when everyone, the all 800 Bachram who were sitting in the yeshiva of Ravuna, when they would stand up and they would brush off their, their coats, you know, just from sitting, because uh, they sat, they didn't have shear like we do for 30 minutes. They sat for hours on end. Some of the dust had actually settled on them. So says the Gemara, have a salik avka, the um, dust that was on their clothes would kind of uh, billow upwards. And it would cover up the daytime. In other words, it made it a little bit dark. There was so much dust. Yeah, we, we, we're indoors now. We're not familiar with this kind of dust. And when we see this kind of dust, we probably complain. That was their whole world every day. And in fact, there was a catchphrase in Eretz Yisrael about this. When it was very sandy and it was very dusty, then people would say, oh, this is just like Rav Huna's shear in Babel. A little bit of a of a modern day, uh, whatever it is, that, that catchphrase that they would use uh, to reference it. This was 800, Rafuna had 800 Talmudim. I mean, the numbers are hard to believe. It's like hard to imagine. And then now we'll see even a greater Yerida Sadoros because uh, in the next piece of Gemara, and we're halfway down on Kufava Aleph, the Gemara says, Yosef. When the rabbis left the base medrash of Rabba and Rav Yosef, Arba and there were only 400 Nebuch. Only 400 boys enrolled in a top yeshiva. And they were, they were disparaging about their own realities. They referred to themselves as yisomim, as it related to the numbers of the previous door. That there were so many more people in the early generations of the Amorim. When people would leave Abaye's base medrash, although some people say it's not his base medrash, one of these three Amorim, there were only 200 and they referred to themselves, we were already seeing a sharp Yerida Sadoros at the very beginning times of the Amorim. This was one of the calculated risks of Rebbe to write down, uh, to, write, uh, to write everything down. One of the unique bonds between a parent and a child is the Mesorah. And before the Mesorah was written down, a father's sole duty in life was to make sure that his kid knew halacha from him. It was not, we send our kids to school. There were no books. There were no books. The Mishnayas were only written down in the year 200. Before that, and for a thousand years before that, for 1,500 years before that, we had we have a Jewish history. There were no Mishnayas. There were no Gemaras like we know them. It was all Baal And think about the type of bonding you'd have to have parent to child and the burden on the father 
to know the material cold to teach it to his kid. Different world, different world. Second, you write it down. Okay, go. you'll read it in the book later. Oh, we'll learn it tomorrow. And then the father doesn't have to remember as much anymore. All the shurim started getting smaller and smaller. So, well, I'll be okay. I'll read it a little bit later. And in fact, when the Beis Yosef wrote his commentary on the tour, the Beis Yosef's commentary on, on the tour is a synopsis of all of the Rishonim on a particular issue. And he got hit with a frying pan over the head for what he did. People said that oh, you're going to make it too easy for people to learn. Too easy. We look at that as too hard. <laughs> but that's that that's the easiest form of learning in our history, that everything is laid out on a piece of paper. So that's a big, uh, this is one of the Mari Makomos that people talk about with Yerida Sadoros, that once we wrote down the Mishnayis, everything took a Southern turn and look where we are now. Now we're all Amaratsim. We barely know what's going on. We can't tell up from down. And that's, uh, I'm not it's not a point of blame. It's just a historical truth. You have to watch what happened from that point onwards. Things have just uh, kind of nosedived. And now we have an uptick in volume of learning, but, but the quality is not the same. The quality is not the same. Two-thirds of the way down, the Gemara says, For anyone who's in finances or banking or anything like that, this page is for you. But it's not complicated. The people whose job it was to check animals for movement. We know we just finished Slichos uh, a, a couple of months ago, a month ago, not even a month ago. And there we know minimum four days. So we had the same thing by Korbanus. The Gemara says these people whose job it was to find movement, where were they paid from? Which bank account? We learned about the Trumas Elishka in Masech HaShkalim. It was the Pushka, where all the money was put in from the Machzi Where did they get paid from? They too. They were able to get their paychecks from that particular uh, bank account. The Kmitza grab flour, take off the thumb, open the pinky, and that was the amount of flour that was used for the Kmitza. They too got paid from there. The people who were so from who would fix up swarm and scrolls. So far, so good. And now we're going to see. A little bit, a uh, little bit of a descending opinion here. Amar Rabbi Nachman, Amar Rav, Nashim Ha'orgos Beparachos, the women who were doing the embroidery for all of the parochos throughout the Beis HaMikdash. So she, she's a number one, and this is in the name of Rav. It's Rav Nachman in the name of Rav. What did Rav say? Rav said, Same bank account as everything else. Va'ani Omer, the Ani here is Rav Nachman. Because Rav Nachman quoted Rav. Rav says, X Va'ani Omer, I, who quoted Rav Nachman. Now I'm going to tell you my opinion. Rav Nachman says when he omer no, it comes from the general slush fund in the bank in the in the base in the Beis Why? Because they're really part of they're part of the building. All of the things that we listed previously, the people who were the bodkin and the people who were teaching shechita and all those people were like subcontractors in our parlance, right? and they were doing things for the actual functioning of the base, not the building of the base of but the functioning of the base of They got paid from the Chumas Alishka. That's what it was for. But once you start talking about parts of the base, I make that the conversation shifts a little bit. The parochos, okay, is that lishka like day-to-day -day function? Or is that berekabai? It's like, no, that's structural. That's like part of the building. Like we make distinctions in learning between meshubadim and metaltalin. You know, like the, the building, the physical building itself, is it parochos part of the building or is it a metaltalin? Kind of, that's a way to look at it. So, no, they, they have sanctity to them. The, yeah, the, the problem isn't sanctity. You, they, 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 different levels of sanctity. Right, like right. the Lishka, you're buying korbanos with them. So that's a whole different ballgame. But that's for sure. It seems to be that there's a greater level of... We'll see a little bit of a remise of this later today. So let's come back to that. But 
Um, but here, here we're asking the question of if the parochas is, you know, part of the building, would we say it's like the walls? Would we say it's like, and, and therefore Bedeka bias? And we'll make this like here in the Gemara in a minute. Or would we say, no, it's like the Korbanos, it's just part of the day-to-day function. So Rav was of the opinion that it's Shuma Salishka, it's day-to-day function. And Rav Nachman says, no, that's not right. Vani Omer. They're part of the building. The Gemara asks, hold on one second. Okay, so that's part one of the Brisa. And the, the family who had the who had the actual recipe, the challah recipe. Everyone's in search of a challah recipe. So this one, the Gemara says, we know the family from Beis Garmu. We saw their name also. I think it was in Shkalem. I think that was where we saw it. Yeah, the Beis Garmu was in Shkalem. Yuma, all right, that's... Uh, each family had its own right. Well, yeah, and the one that's more familiar to us is Ube Saptinas al Torres. They actually had the, 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 the appropriate ratios of the of the spices. Where did these people get paid from? So it says Gemara, And what was the first thing in that list? The first thing in that list was Arugos Peparochos. So how can it be that Rav Nachman was of the opinion that it was taken from Bedekabayas? I read this price that says black on white, that that's not true, that it was taken from the Lishka. And the Gemara responds, Hassam, in that case where Rav Nachman was saying that it's part of the building, that was bidibave, from the word bava, like bava kama, a doorway or an entranceway. And what the Gemara is saying, no, those parochos were in doorways. They were not regular parochos like this. They were they had a functionality that was different to them. It wasn't just design or decor. It was specifically meant to create a separation from room to room. How do we know? First long line, five lines from the bottom, Kuvav Medal says the Gemara Damarabzera Marab, Shlosha Asar Parochos Sheni. There were 13 parochos in the Besa Mikdash and Bayes Sheni. Shiva Keneged, Shiva Sha'arim, seven uh, gates in the in the frame of the building. Achas lepischo shel hechal, one into the entrance way of the hechal. Veachas lepischo shel ulam. We know the hechal was the uh, was the middle room. The ulam was the antechamber. Before that, beis bedvir and beis kenegdan be'aliyah. The beis bedvir. This was something we learned about in in, uh, in a previous masechta as well. That in the times of bias rishon, the separation between the kodesh and the kodesh hakodashim were two walls. One protruded from the southern wall, and one protruded from the northern wall, and the Kohen could walk in between the walls. But in Bayesheni, what created that walkway was parochos. So that's what the Bryce is referring to over here, Beis Bedvir. And then remember that it was a very tall building, so they had other parochos in the upper space because that whole up-down space had a tremendous amount of kedusha. You couldn't just walk in. You couldn't even peer in. So if someone was on the second floor of the Beis Mikdash, we had to have a parochos to block it off. Haraya, that we are able to see that there are different times that uh, we would look at a parochas and say that we should be paying that from the lishka. And there's sometimes it's from Berekabais, depends on its functionality. Says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom at the two dots. The Gemara says, By the Paraduma, there were some very specific tasks that needed to take place, but the Paraduma could never be exposed to anyone who was tummy. So there were specific families who were Moser Nefesh for Klal Yisrael for the Paraduma. They would raise their kids on this farm with extremely strict rules to make sure that the kids were always Tahar. Huh? I don't even remember it, and I taught him. What, that what? No, the kids would raise them. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't remember that part. Oh, that that rings a bell. The rest of it doesn't. I think I should do some chazara, but I'll do it in about six years when it's time to do round two, because I don't remember. And the Gemara says so these that were the parah. 
What? I'm going to edit my for, for the first time. I'm going to edit. Abishal Omer, no, they didn't collect this money for these families, these special families that were dedicated to the cloud. No, they were not funded by the Lishka. Rather, Omer, Nashem These women, uh, they had like a sister's club, a sisterhood. And the wealthy women would support these families and say, wow, you guys are incredible. And we're just going to fund you for what you're doing. So machlokas. Let's see what the Gemara says about this bottom line. Turning to the top of Kuvavamid Beis. This will get us into a little bit of a lengthy discussion all the way to the bottom of this page. What about the klishares? What about the vessels and the utensils? Again, let's go back to our Chakira. When we're going to be paying something that's day-to-day operations, that comes from Lishka. If it's part of the building, so then it comes from the Bedek What about the klishares? And the Gemara says, Should we do it from the Bedek or not? Do we say, do we say, and here's the Chakira in the Gemara's terms, not mine, because I made mine up. This one's real. The Gemara says, do we say, that the klishares are really needed for the korbanos? That makes sense. It's servicing the actual Mizbeach. And the Mizbeach is tethered to the ground. O Dilma, or doesn't say O Dilma, sorry. Oh, oh, or do we say, So this is where the Gemara is really drawing its line. We have a line item, a by line item uh, budget. Every every line says something. We got the klishares. We've got the subcontractors who are the magies, sifarim, and we have the people who are teaching kmitza and the kohanim teaching shchita. We have everything. That would that was what filled the truma salishka. There were three big pushkas. They got filled up. That's what the gemara says in, in shkalim. The Mishnah is there. So here the Gemara says, what, what, how do we answer this question, our broad chakira of when we have something that's part of the building itself, it's Bedek Abais, when we have operational things for Korbanos, then it's part of the Lishka. Which one is it? How do we view the klishares? I could have argued either way. We all could argue either way. So what's the answer? Omar Leh, the response of Rav was, Ein nasin elamitrumasalishka. Okay. So what does that mean that he holds? It means that he holds that these things are more korban related than they are building related. That's the chakira, because if you're saying lishka, lishka, lishka is korban related. So let's let's question that. The klisharis, yeah. It says on the top line klisharis, and then it asks on the second line, sorech, and then the next line, oh, is it sorech mizbeach or sorech korban? That's the chakira to, to remember. Sorech mizbeach or sorech korban? It's not so much that it's Sarah Korban, but if it's not essential to the building, then it's by definition not Bedeka bias. And that's why the Gemara had to make this distinction of whether or not the parochos were in a place where doors would normally be, because then their functionality is not just decorative, it's actually part of the building. You know, it's not, you, you, you hang, a, some people hang carpets on their walls as decoration. That's not carpet, that's artwork, right? So I'm just using this as a, that's a bad example, but you get the point. Is that if you're using a carpet as artwork, that's not part of the building. That's lishka. But if you have it in a doorway space, that's real. That's uh, that's the real deal, and that should be treated like a door. And a door is better kabais. Right, so I'm making up my answer, but it makes sense from the flow of the gemara. I didn't see that in the rishon. The gemara is now going to ask on this sheet of rab. Again, rab is of the opinion that klisharis are treated like part of the world of korban, and therefore it's paid out of the lishka. The gemara says Aceve, uh Let me just read this inside. Where is it? 
וכחלוסם הביאו לפני המלך ויהוידה את שאר הכסף, ויעשהו כלם לבייס השם. So the Gemara says, קלישריס. And the Gemara says over here, let's look at the language here. When they finished, Tevil Lifnei Melch Yoyada, as She'ar HaKesef, there was extra monies, and from there they made the Klisharis. So we see from over here, it's made from extra monies and not from the Trumas Alishka. Trumas Alishka wasn't extra monies. Trumas Alishka was the, that was the gold, that was that was the honeypot. That's what we use to, to pay the day-to-day things. So what does She'ar mean? Amar your says the Gemara, a great line. If only we learned Tanakh, we could use this as a jab, but we don't learn Tanakh well enough. So the Gemara says, It's very nice that you could read Chumash, but <laughs> but you haven't learned Tanakh, but you can only say that if you've learned Tanakh. When I was in Eretz Yisrael, uh, in Smicha, with one of the Rabbeim, who was in the base matters, they're not part of the, of, of the kolal I was in. Rabbi Avishai David is a rabbi in Ramah Beit Shemesh. Every night he learned 20 prakim of Tanakh. Every night, 20 prakim for years. He knows every word, every p- chapter and verse, everything. And I was in Eretz Yisrael in August, and I was in his show, and he gave a drasha. And every time, and I knew this about him, because I was in, his, in the call, every time he quoted a pasuk, he'd open the chumash, and I'm like, Rebbe, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, everybody knows it's a game. So he's like, my Rebbe said, you should read Pesukim out of Chumash, you know, so. Okay, so he could use this line. This is a great line. It's great that you've learned Chumash, but uh, how can you not know about Navi? What did it say in the Navi? The Navi says, eight lines down, that it can be used for Osei Malacha. It says the Gemara, if that's true, we have one Pesuk that says that the Klishares, was from extras. And the other Pasuk says that it's not from the extras. It just depends whether or not there was extras in regards to um, in regards to the Lishka money. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Uh, who cares if there's, if there's extras? It doesn't mean you can use it for klishares. The Pasuk says, share, share, you're not supposed to use it for klishares. The Gemara responds, Quarter of the way down, number Bebo, Lev Bezdin Masne Alein. The Bezdin always has intent when they collect money in the Lishka by the Trumas Alishka to say as follows Im Hutzrechu Hutzrechu. If there's extra money and we need it, we'll use it. If not, if that money isn't going to be used, then uh, we're going to use it for Klisharis. That's how they would condition it. They, would, they made this mental condition that they would use extra money of the Lishka if there was extra money. I don't know how that worked the first time. I don't know how that worked out. Okay. Third of the way down. Tanah Debei Rabbi Shmuel, Klisharis, Bay Mitrumas HaLishka. Tanah Debei Rabbi Shmuel was of the opinion that the Klisharis was made from the Lishka. Shnemar as She'ar HaKesef. Eizu Kesef Sheishto Shirayim. What type of money is it that has extras? Haviyomer is a Trumas HaLishka. Why is that true? Why, why is it that the Trumas HaLishka always had money? Because there were enough Jews paying the Machzitz HaShekel that they knew the math equation worked out. They, were in, they had surplus. That's what they planned on. They planned on using the surplus of, surplus of the Trumas HaLishka to, pay, to build the Klisharis. Maybe we should say that you're not allowed to take anything from the Truma Salishka itself, but only from the Shirayim, meaning you have to budget first. In fiscal year 2023, I know we need a million two hundred dollars. And now I see that there's a million one thousand two hundred dollars. I can take that extra thousand. Maybe I can only build a Klisharis out of extras, but not from the principle of the Lishka itself, says the Gemara, not correct. Kedama Rava, elsewhere Rava has this Russia Haola Ola Rishona. That when it says Haola, it includes that first animal. And we're not going to discuss that, but this we are going to discuss. Hachanami, the 
Pasuk says, Hakesef. That's the Pasuk we had five lines ago, Sha'ar Hakesef. Hakesef is Kesef Rishon, including even the principal dollars. So the Gemara concludes here within the world of Tanah Debe Rabbi Shmuel that the Klishares can be built out of both the principal and out of the, the surplus of Chuma Salishka dollars. The Gemara asks almost halfway down, Mesve, Haktoris Vachol Korbanos Atsibur Boy Mitchuma Salishka. The Torres, the spices, and all of the public korbanos. We know this already. This is ABCs in Masech Shkalim and in other places that uh, those korbanos were paid for from Chuma Salishka. What else does it say? Let's pay attention now because Klisharis is our case. Where does that get paid from? Nothing that we've discussed before. From extras, from libations, machlokas in the region. Rashi here, just to look at the first few lines of Rashi here, a third of the way down, there's a machlokas between, uh, between Amorev, what exactly the Nesachim are. The point is that it's not the Lishka, which is a problem with the previous Shita that we learned. So let's look back. What? Oh, you're saying why? Right, right. It's also unique because we have not seen this bank account yet. Right? We haven't seen, this is the first we're hearing about this collection of money. Um, and why would it be any different than, it is different than the Chuma Salishka. It is different because that money was was direct gift from Klal Yisrael. You know, and this is indirect. And with that, they bought Nesachim. And then the extras of the Nesachim, it's a, it is more removed. And if we view, again, I'm making this up, but if we view the klishares as they are, which is kalim that need to be their mita oraisa, and uh, they, they have halachic statuses to them that they have to be uh, kosher and not puzzle. So it could be that there's a need for them to come from the right bank account also, that the monies that build the klishares have to come from the right pot. And if that right pot is the um, is the truma salishka, then that's the right pot. It may again there may be a kedusha. You are you hinted to this already before. There's a there may be a kedusha element here. Again, I didn't I, I don't usually look far off the page, but if it were to be the case that someone said something someone close to that, that would kind of make sense. Like we the reason why we're chiseling about where you know where, where, the line item bank account A bank account it has to be tied to the lambdas of, uh, of the Chuma Salishka. It has to be tied. So in this b'risa, we've already seen our question about klisharis, but we're not done with the b'risa yet. The mizbah and the lishkos, in this case, the chambers that were all over the place uh, throughout the basin of Mikdash, v'hazaros, in the different areas of the Ezra's Yisrael, the Ezra's Nashim, Ezra's Yisrael, and Ezra's Levim, all of those, all of those are boin mikotche bedekabais. What about chutz l'chumas what about, and here we can give a practical example of a historical place that was built probably based on this line with the exact dollars. What about things that were outside the Chumas HaZara? So not the footprint of the Beis HaMikdash itself, but the outer wall, the Kosala Maravi, who paid for that? Which, which line item was that? Seemingly from the Gemara, Boyin Mishiyari Halishkos. It came from surplus in any particular year after the Chumas Halishka was used for all of its core functions, they took those extra dollars and then they would build, let's say, the retaining wall or whatever, whatever it is, or Migdal David. I don't know when Migdal David was built, but in theory, those kinds of things would have been built by uh, by these extra dollars. And the Brysa continues, And here we see very explicitly the Chomas Ha'ir, the walls of the city, 
I don't know if this means the walls around the old city. I wouldn't be surprised if it did mean that because that's where the base of Mikdash was, uh, but it could be. Umigdaloseha, the towers, is, what is that a reference to? Is that like the Migdal David? Again, what, we may not even have these buildings anymore. Um, and this isn't talking about buildings. This is all the gemachs and all the, you know, whatever, all the support for the community. So what we saw very clearly from here is that it's not so simple that the klishares get paid from the Truma Salishka because here we saw that it gets paid from the Mosar Nasachim. So which one is it? Which one is it? And the Gemara concludes a little bit more than halfway down, almost two-thirds of the way down, really Tanoihi. There's just a big fat machlokas tanoim about where the funding came from for the klishares. The Gemara says that it's not in the Mishnah writes. This Mishnah can be found in Maseches Shkalem. Mosar Truma, if there was extra money from Truma, in this case, the Truma that's being referred to as Truma Salishka, we're talking about the Machsis Hashekel money. Mosar Truma, Mahayu Osinba. So according to the Tanakama, what did they do with Mosar Truma? Rikue Zahav Tzipui Lebeis Koche Akodashim. They would make hammered gold as um, wall hangings for the Kodesh HaKodashim. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Mosar, uh, Mosar Peros Leket Samizbeach. The extras would go to uh, Mosar Peros, which is fruits, Leket Samizbeach. Well, we already learned about this. Leket Samizbeach is uh, making sure that the base of Mikdash was never empty. So on a slow day, once all the Chiyuv requirements were, were burnt and all the Nadavim were all burnt, but they don't want the basin, it's not right to have the basin mikdash running empty. So they would take another animal and that would be paid for. That's what the Ketzamizbeach is. Rabbi Shmuel Amr, Mosar Peros, the Ketzamizbeach. Mosar Chuma, the Klisharis. If there anything from extra Peros, so that would go to the Ketzamizbeach. And, and Mosar Chuma, that would go to Klisharis. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Mosar Chuma, the Ketzamizbeach. Mosar Nesachem, the Klisharis. That's the sheet that we just saw in the Gemara and the New Brisa. Rabbi Chanin, Eskanakwanim, Omer, Mosar Nesachem, the Ketzamizbeach. And the extra wine. Libations, any surplus there would go to the case of Mizbech and Mosar Chuma the Klisharis. The point of this, every sheet needs analysis, but the point here is that we see that the Klisharis is subject to a machlokas tanaim as to what, what bank account is it comes from to pay for it. The Brisa concludes, No one could get on the same page about Peros. Now let's analyze here. Peros Mahi, what Peros are we talking about? Because we weren't talking about Peros before. So what does this have to do with anything? Three-fourths of the way down to Tanya, because the Brysa writes, Mosar Chuma Mahayu Osimba. What did they do with the extra money uh, in regards to the Chuma Salishka? So we had said, in a Brysa, Lokhen Peros Bizol, they would buy fruits on the cheap. Umochren Osam Biyoker, Be'aschar Makitzin Bosam Izbech. So you buy, uh, that's how they would fund the extra animals on the Mizbech. They get someone who's really good at selling stuff. Oh, you need, I know a guy, I'm going to buy it straight from the truck. I'm going to take out the middleman. He buys the, a, a case, a, a truck of apples at uh, 80 cents on the dollar and sells them for a buck 20 on the dollar. Everybody made 50% income. That's great. What do they do with that money? Says the Gemara, that was for Kate Sami's back. That's what they would use to keep the animals constantly on the base of Mikdash. What did it mean when it said, oh, and Vizoy Sheshenin, most are pairs like Kate Sami's back. That's what it meant. And my my zev is lohayu modem peros. What does it mean that they didn't agree about the peros? Says the Gemara Ditzman. Most are sherei lishka mayuos and bahen. The Mishnah writes, what did they do with the extra money from the chumas alishka lochen bahen yeno shmanu v'siltos v'aschar lehektish? They would buy yenos. They'd buy wines and shmanim oils and siltos. They'd plan for the future. 
And any extra monies, all of that would be Vaschar Lehaktish. Anything would go back to Haktish, says Tibi Rabbi Shmo. Rabbi Akiva fundamentally disagreed. He said, you can't be left with no money. You always have to have a nest egg. Why? Rabbi Akiva Omer, ain't mistakrin bishal Haktish. We don't use Haktish money to make money. We don't like, oh, we have $20,000. Let's put it in a, in a in penny stocks. We don't do that. That money has to be liquid. We don't do it from Hektish and we don't do it to Ani. And the Gemara analyzes each case. Bishel Hektish, my time alone. Why can't you use the extra cash in Hektish to invest? Says the Gemara, it's very simple. Because we can't have no liquid cash in the base of Mikdash. We have to be flush with cash. You don't have to be a billionaire, but there has to be money. This is a Makamashiris. You go in Regal. You know, when you go... Uh, Used to be not this way in the airport. When you go to the airport now, it's pajama party. Everybody's rolled out of bed in their in, in their pajamas. But you, you're gonna walk in like a mensch. Everything is bashiris. You're nicer clothes. Everything was refined. What about Bashal Anim? My time alone. Why did Rabbi Akiva say that when it came to a poor person that he was not able? Uh, we weren't able to invest in poor people here because because then the bank account's empty. And when somebody comes for help, they're going to come to the coin gundle, whoever they know, and say, Rebbe Shlita, please help me. He'll be like, oh, we're out. We invested our money in the future. Save the pot. Say, you got to, you have to, this is the chacham of all the big companies. How do you allocate your funds? How do you allocate them in a way that keeps you liquid enough, but keeps you secure enough? Uh, that's what they got. <laughs> and I'm, they're having a tiff about how to how to arrange the finances of the base of Mikdash. <laughs> All right, one more Ahmed. We're going to stop uh, basically at the at the wide lines. The Gemara says, Medina Sayam. We spoke about a case where a woman's husband went to Medina Sayam, and Itmar, Rab Amar, top top of Kufzayin Amidale. <laughs> There's some achlokas about a woman's mizonos, which we've spoken about extensively, and we're just going to dig in one more time. The Gemara says, Rav was of the opinion, poskin mizonos to Eishas Ish. I just want to say outright, this Eishas Ish is not the prohibited version of Eishas Ish. It just means to a woman who's married. We, we stole the term and made it bad. The phrase Eishas Ish means a woman. Yeah, right. we use it in the negative, in, you know, cheating kind of ways. That's not what this is. This is just how the term should be used, you know, those words that were taken over by society. So here, this actually is the, the primary understanding. So Rob was of the opinion that if the husband was out of town, Bezdin, Rashi says on the top line, Bezdin would go into the properties of the guy who traveled, who posted, oh, he's got a Monet on the wall and you're hungry, sell it. Give the woman some food. That was Rav. Shmuel argued. No way. She doesn't get any food. We'll learn why Shmuel was strong about this, and it kind of makes a lot of sense. And then Shmuel qualifies. Amar <laughs> Shmuel. Yes, Rav and I do argue. However, not everywhere. Modali Abba. Abba, as we've seen throughout Chas, is a term of endearment and respect <coughs> between Shmuel and Rav, and it's Rav's nickname. Uh, Abba, Rav would agree with me, says Shmuel, Rav would for sure agree with me in the first three months that we do, we're not posting as donors, that Bezdin cannot go into the property of the poor person. Why not? What kind of a jerk are you? You leave town, you don't leave any food for your family. If nobody does that, that's not normal. That's not normal. You go shopping at Jewel and you spend a lot of money and you stick it in the cabinets. That's ridiculous. He's, there's no way that he left without, without feeding his kids. It's not possible. So the Gemara says that everyone agrees. Even Rob would say, you can't go into, go, you, you can't, that's extra. You, are, you already have food. You want me to go sell the Monet on the wall, right? Then that's too bad. You have food. 
So Shmuel, the reason why Shmuel was strict is because you, you, she also can't take too much from the estate. It's not right. It's not hers. She has a limit. She gets Mizonos, uh, $20 a day, whatever the limit is. So she got her $20 a day for the next three months. She's like, sell a property for me. That's Geneva. You're not allowed to do that. So Shmuel, that's what, that was Shmuel's broader concern. And the Gemara here also gives a limiting factor. If we know that while her husband was abroad, he died, <laughs> there, even Shmuel would agree that she can that she can liquidate some of the some of the features of the estate in order to be, to be fed. That's for sure. Where we don't know if he died. There, Rav Rav says she has to be fed because Lemaisa, the husband, has a shibu to her. He has to feed her. That's Aksuba. Shmuel Amar ain't poskin. Why does Shmuel say ain't poskin that we don't give her food? My time up. Machlokas and the Amorim. Rosvid Amar Ematsrare Atafsa. Maybe she grabbed onto food already, and we don't know that she didn't grab onto food. So Shmuel's default is let's not be so quick to give her food from the estate. Let's first check and see what she took already. We, 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 it's not just carte blanche. It's not like that. We have to be careful. This is other people's money. You're not allowed to do that. So Rob's default was give. Shmuel's default was, hey, we got to see what's going on here. And Rosvid thought that was really irking Shmuel and why he was strict is because there's every chance that she took something already from the house and cashed it in. The Rolex on the desk, great, I'm hungry. That's very easy for her. She lives there. That's easy. So that's what Shmuel was concerned about. <coughs> and uh, according to Rab, according to Zvid, Oh, this is a beautiful swar. And here, this is, what's his name? Rab Papa was of the opinion that the husband might have said, I'm going out of town. I'm no longer taking your salary. Feed yourself. And if that's true, then for sure she can't take from the estate. Because she's she's not giving her money to the estate. And that's how her, her Mizonos are tethered to, to this cyclical partnership, the symbiotic, I'll give you my money, you feed me. But if the husband said before he left, I'm going out of town, uh, keep your own salary while I'm gone, feed yourself. It's just easier. Fine, then come up with that deal. So we don't know what Shmuel was really concerned about, but the Gemara says, uh, is it like Rav Zvid who says that maybe she took properties herself? Or is it like Rav Papa that maybe the husband said, <laughs> just keep your own proceeds for while, while I'm gone? My benai, what's the difference between Rizvid and Rapapa? We're not going to spend time on this because we don't have time. But these are the nafkaminas between the shitas of Rapapa and Rizvid. The Gemara says, Tanan, we have a whole bunch of questions against Shmuel. Let's remember Shmuel Shita. That's the bottom line, turning to the top of this page of Kubzayin of Adalaf. What did we say? We had said that if a husband went out of town, <laughs> and the wife claims Mizonos, Shmuel says, hey, wait, we have to see what's going on. He said, ain't posted Mizonos. So we're going to ask a host of questions on that. Our case. Chanan was of the opinion that she has to make a shvua only at the end of the marriage. She doesn't have to make a shvua. Uh, by taking Mizonos. And when don't, don't agree in that she has, she has to make a shvua even for food. The Brisa continues. Sorry, this isn't the Brisa. This is an explanation of the Brisa. Seems like ABCs in the Brisa that the only argument is around a shvua, but everyone agrees that you give. Kashan Shmuel, 
Shmuel said in poskin. But here we say the only machlokas is about Shvua. Everyone was giving her mizonos, Rabbi, whoever, whoever it was, so it's Kasha and Shmuel. The Gemara says, Tirgama Shmuel, that case is talking about where we know that the husband died. And as we saw earlier on the page, when we know the husband dies, everyone agrees that there's no machlokas, and of course we're poskin mizonos. So that's how Shmuel gets out of this one. And halfway down, question number two. What? That's a great, I thought about that question when I was, that's great. I love that question. That's a good one. This is Shamo. Who said that? Who, whose Shita was that? Oh, that was the Gemara Svaram. That was Shmuel himself who said that. Yeah, look at line two on the page. Omar Shmuel, Modali Abba, for these three months, Lafisha Ain Adam Maneach Beso Rekon. Shane Postkin Matam. It's a little hard to tell who actually authored that. Uh, we don't know if that's actually Shmuel or if it wasn't like the Savo Rhyme at a later point kind of wove in a few words. It's very hard to tell. Um, I actually believe it's not Shmuel. I think it's the Gemara because typically speaking, when Amorayim spoke, they did not speak in Aramaic. Most of the statements of Amorayim throughout Shas are Hebrew. It's like a misnomer. We say the Gemara is always in Aramaic. The Gemara is not always in Aramaic. Just the banter is, but the actual sheets is, if you look at Shmuel, Ein Poskin. It's not Les Poskin or something in Aramaic. It's not like that. So I, I don't know. That's a great question. Well, let's learn two more questions on Shmuel, and then we'll stop for the day. Toshma, we learned in a uh, brisa. We saw this machlokas before, but this is a new brisa that we have to analyze. What does this brisa say? If the husband shows up and says, oh, I already gave her mizonos, you, Bezdin, shouldn't have given her anything. Ne'eman, the husband is believed and he gets repaid. But in order to get repaid, doesn't that mean somebody had to actually give out the, the property in the first place? And Akasha and Shmuel, because the only way to repay is if you take, which means that this Mishnah implies, it implies that the money was given out the second she said, I need, I need money. Then the husband shows up out of the blue. What are you doing? I, I left you, I left you food. The Gemara says she has to return it. Haraya Shmuel is wrong. That's a kasha and Shmuel. The Gemara says, it's a, it's a fine ukimta. This is a very good way to get out of it. He died. Says the Gemara, he's not dead. The Gemara says, the case is that he's not dead. Says the Gemara, brilliant response. So quick. Yeah, he showed up. They're like, he's dead. Give me food. They gave him food. He's like, not dead. And he showed up afterwards. That's great. And then he's like, you thought I was dead. I don't know if you were trying to play me. I'm right here in the flesh. And you took double the food you have to pay back. It's not right. I gave you food. Yeah, that was great. One more and then we'll stop. Toshma, two-thirds of the way down, a little bit more. Same case. Im, should be im, not beim. Yeah. If a husband says to his wife, keep your own salary and feed yourself, he's allowed to do that. But if before that happened, Bezdin already gave out food to her, Masha Pasku Pasku, and yet again, Akasha and Shmuel, why? Because look what happened. Masha Pasku Pasku, they, they handed her food. They said, here, go, go take a piece of art off the wall. You're good to go. The Kasha and Shmuel, the Gemara says, and all of these cases, Shmuel has a way to learn 
in such a way that these cases are not compromising her. And let's just review what we learned on this last Amud, which is a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel in regards to our readiness to forego the proceeds of the estate of the husband to feed a woman when he's out of town. Rav is trigger happy to feed. Shmuel is reticent to feed because he's... It almost seems like he's more concerned about the mumminess issues, and Rob is not. Why that's the case, we need to be shown him, but that certainly seems to be the way the Gemara is presenting. On Shabbat, Yemir Shashem will pick up at Toshma, two lines before the wide lines on Kuvzayin and Aleph. We'll learn Kuvzayin and Bez and Dab Kuches. Wishing you all a beautiful night. That would be, uh...